0: CHAPTER 13 ABBA, FATHER Realities of spiritual truth can be seen with either the eyes of the flesh or the eyes of the spirit. When spiritual truth is viewed with the eyes of the flesh, it is seen as through a glass darkly, and complete truth is incapable of being seen. Therefore it is not only unbelievers who misunderstand the ways of God but also Christians, and especially theologians, who have set themselves more to explain God than know him as their father. These experts in God's holiness who say he cannot look upon man in his sinful state would do well to find out what Jesus called him. It is possible to scrutinize every New Testament doctrine imaginable, and to fill in with a certain accuracy an intellectually consistent informational grid about God and His work, yet all the while to be able to make out but an incomplete, sketchy, and truncated version of spiritual reality. When dogma-loving rationality leads the way, building precept upon precept from earlier doctrines put forth by human intellects, looking only to the surface of scriptural truth, a curtailed theology results, satisfying the contorted equations set by human reason, but not unearthing the deepest mysteries of God's nature hidden in Scripture. Between the clearly discernible regions of truth and falsehood lies a grey shadowy land of partial truth, whose inhabitants live according to spiritual principles, but apprehend them with fleshly eyes. The reality of God's fatherhood, however, cannot be discovered there, but only in a region of true spiritual seeing. The equations of God's character and purpose cannot be solved by human theologians who keep him at arm's length. Those who still dwell in these gray shadows, though they have devoted a lifetime to studying the New Testament through the austere eyes of their French mentor remarkably have not yet fully accepted the truth, that everything changed when Jesus came. Salvation became personal. Living as God's sons and daughters became personal. God's being became personal. Though some perceive the triune personality of the Godhead in the opening chapters of Genesis, God did not make the constituent parts of his nature discernible to man until the fullness of time when Jesus came to earth. At that point, he peeled away the shell, the husk. He tore down the veil that had hidden his presence. He opened up the oneness of Yahweh that had existed at the core of Judaism throughout the Old Testament and said to man, here are several distinctive parts of my nature. Now I want you to relate yourselves personally and individually with all three. For the first time he allowed man to look inside, into the very depths of his being, not just peer inside for a momentary glimpse. He invited us to come live with him there. What was it men and women found when they looked beyond the veil, when they probed the depths of God's being? They discovered the Son, Jesus himself, a sinless man, a loving friend, an understanding brother who was willing to die for them, that they might not perish from sin. When he went away, they further discovered a consoling, guiding, truth-loving spirit, the very Spirit of God whom Jesus had promised he would send to remain with them forever. But what else did they discover? Just what Jesus told them they would find. A loving, tender, forgiving, patient, warm, generous Father who wants only the best for his children and will spare nothing that he can do to lavish his love upon them. It is a picture of God's being and purpose in human life far different from what those of Jesus' day imagined. The writer of Hebrews opened his letter with the magnificent words that illuminate this huge shift in divine revelation. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son the Sonship of Jesus necessitated a divine fatherhood, a way of seeing God that was utterly foreign to the prevailing religious mentality of Jesus' day. Alas, all these centuries later, we have still not apprehended what the Son was trying to tell us about the Father He loved so dearly. Of all the changes brought by Jesus in what constituted a spiritual life, Intimacy with God as Father was the most astonishing and revolutionary. Jesus rose before daybreak and went out in the hills to be alone with God. Who was it he sought there? The incomprehensible almighty sovereign king of the universe? That great and dreadful holy presence upon whose face no man could look and live? the omnipotent lawgiver of Old Testament Judaism? The Holy One, who could not abide sin in His presence? The Judge of the universe, who would decide the ultimate eternal fate of every creature? No. Jesus rose before daybreak to be alone with His Father, to speak intimately with Him, calling Him Abba. Abba was the term a child used when he addressed his father. It was probably the word Jesus used when talking to Joseph. Abba. Father. Daddy. It conveyed warmth and family respect, but in regard to God it was an unheard-of familiarity. Within Judaism there is no indication it had ever been a form of address toward God. Jesus was the first to employ the Word. If Jesus was truly God's Son, then it is understandable that he would make use of this form of intimate address. But the thunderous truth is this. He told all men to follow his example. When Jesus told his disciples how to speak to God, he gave them the right to speak with intimacy and familiarity. The Lord's Prayer did not begin, Almighty Divine Sovereign. It began, Our Father. The intimacy of divine daddiness with the Creator of the heavens and earth. In that moment, the entire spiritual foundation of our relationship with God was changed. Jesus declared that God was forevermore to be our Daddy. You may approach the Father closely and personally now. He said, Yourselves. The God of fire and thunder, the God upon whom no man can look, the Holy and Almighty, the Sovereign of Sinai, the Great and Terrible, has now also become your Daddy, Abba. He loves you and will now forgive you your sins you have only to go to him. The veil that hid the Holy of Holies is rent in two. We are invited into his presence, there to dwell with him in continual intimacy.